Welcome back to the Book Truck Chronicles. My name is Brandy, and I run a bookshop on wheels in Edmonton, Canada called Daisy Chain Book Company. I love books. I love people who read them, and I am blessed to have a unique business that brings both of those things together. Today on the Book Truck Chronicles, I will be sharing my conversation with Melanie Moore from Cincy Book Bus in Cincinnati. This conversation was recorded in February, long before we used the term social distancing, and had any idea that our businesses as mobile bookshops would change so drastically. This discussion is blissfully pre-pandemic, and it was once again delightful to talk to another business owner who loves books and readers as much as I do. Melanie carefully curates her book selection from her global travels, and she longs to create opportunities to supply local schools with the books they need to encourage children to love reading. She is an entrepreneur, a visionary, and the epitome of a book lover. Here is my pre-pandemic conversation with Melanie. Hi, Melanie. I'm so glad you're talking to me today. Hi, Brandy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. That's yeah, great. Now, I'm very familiar with what you do because I've been paying attention to you on social media from day one. As soon as you launched that first picture on Instagram of your sweet little pistachio green VW bus, I was totally hooked. So I'm very familiar. But for everybody listening who does not know what you do, can you tell us a little bit about what you're all about? Sure. I'm um, a bookstore. I mobile bookstore, Bookstore on Wheels, off of a 1962 VW truck. So it's there. Um, it's not a bus. Some people think I've uh, cut off part of a bus to make a truck, but this was their <laughs> transporter truck. It's kind of VW's version of a, of a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, I started my bookstore off of, off of that. The inspiration came... I was a teacher for, for 25 years, and I decided I wanted to retire and try something new. And I always dreamed of opening a bookstore. And uh, so I did some research and looked into that, took some classes, uh, and just tried to figure out what I wanted to do. I came really close to signing a lease for a brick and mortar. Oh, but you the did? night before, I... I panicked. I woke up in the middle of the night going, what are you doing? Uh, I had owned a uh, cafe years ago and for a short time. I realized that's not my forte. <laughs> I'm a teacher and a book lover. I'm not a cafe owner. So um, we all find our strengths and weaknesses through life. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I woke up in the middle of the night. I knew what it was like to run a brick and mortar business and I thought, what are you doing? You just became an empty nester. Having a brick and mortar would be like having another baby. You would be, you'd lose your flexibility. My husband travels a lot. I wanted to be able to travel with him and have, you know, somewhat of a flexible schedule. And I just thought, no, I just, I can't do it. So I was to sign the lease the next day. So I decided not to do that and um, just decided to put it on hold. And then I read Parnassus on Wheels. Have you read that book? Oh, I love that book. Yes, so good. Published in 1915 about a horse-drawn 
uh, mobile bookstore. And it's just a delightful book. It's it's just full of joy. And uh, I love the characters. And it's just a great, great little gem. Mm -hmm. So I had finished reading that. I was sitting at the kitchen table drinking my cup of tea. And I looked out the window and parked in my driveway was my husband's. He'd had it for maybe three years. Um, his truck. And I looked out there and I said, that's it. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, honey, can I steal your truck? <laughs> <laughs> and I told him my idea and he's like, that's perfect. That's, that sounds great. I said, this will keep it fun. Um, I can, it'll be a little bit more flexible. And uh, it's, I just knew in that moment that that was the perfect solution. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. So after I had that brainstorm, it was, you know, full force ahead. Full oh, speed ahead. I love it. Now, had you seen any other book trucks or bookshops on wheels that kind of gave you the idea or was it just right out of your brain? Um, I had not seen, I, I mean, I've saw from our childhood days of the, the bookmobile that would come to schools when I was in elementary school. Uh, mm -hmm. second grade, I had a bookmobile that would come to our school and it would pull up and we would, you know, go on the, I couldn't wait for that bookmobile. We get to go on and, and choose our books. So I was familiar with that. Um, but I wasn't, that's about it. That's the only idea of, of, you know, a mobile that I kind of had it, until I read Parnassus on Wheels. And I think that was fresh in my mind. And then seeing my husband's truck, I thought, oh, that could be fun. I could, I could do that. Because I think I'm different than you. Uh, we all have our own uniqueness, even as um, bookstores on wheels. I think we all have our, our little piece of uniqueness um, mm -hmm. for each truck that we have. But um, I'm different in that. And I haven't seen one like mine, even on the internet or anything where it's outside. You know, yours, I know you go inside and the other ones I've seen, um, you go, you know, mm -hmm. you actually can visit inside the truck. Yeah. Um, where mine is not that way. I pull up, I have a canopy on top. I roll my canopy up, I flip my sides down, I turn my boxes um, sideways and prop my books up and, and I'm good to go. So weather for me is, is a huge huge condition that I have to, um, you know, really be aware of the weather because I really can't get stuck somewhere in, in a downpour or no, <laughs> no, I'm and books like, and water. Books, oh. I know the books must save the books. Totally. Must save books. So I've had to cancel a few things or we've had a, a couple scary things where, um, you know, it just dumped on us when we did, it wasn't supposed to. And all of a sudden a pop-up storm came. Um, and we, you know, panicked and quickly, you know, rushed to get the books down. And, and the canopy's pretty waterproof, but um, I've only lost one book. I've only had one casualty. So I consider that pretty amazing. That's pretty great. Yeah. 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 I, I love the look of your truck. And we have um, here in the Edmonton area, we have a lady who runs a flower truck that looks very similar to yours. I don't think hers is a Volkswagen, but it has a very similar look to it. And she uses the back canopy that she rolls up and the little side door she folds down. And then mm -hmm. she's got flowers that she puts in the inside. And it is so adorable. And I love the fact that your truck 
in itself is just so Instagrammable. It's so photo happy. It just it just makes you smile just to see it. It it does. It it is it does bring joy because and I think that has helped um, people receive it and uh, be excited about it. And it's I've only been in business for a year. Um, but I've been on TV and I've had um, magazine articles written, uh, radio. Now my you're my first podcast. Hey, um, you're so famous. Yay. <laughs> and I think it's just, it's not that I'm doing anything amazing. It's, I think mostly it's that my truck is so darn cute and so photo, photogenic. And, you know, she's the, she's the real star here. She's, um, you know, she's the one that gets people's attention and um, and then I just kind of help that along and, and do my best. But yeah, she's she's definitely the star. Well, and the fun thing about that, too, is that it's just such a different way to think about getting books. Right. I mean, I think that, you know, Seth Godin talks about being a purple cow and everybody can do something the same and nobody pays attention anymore. But as soon as you do something a little bit different, people have to stop and look and then investigate. And your truck is something that I think if it was anywhere, somebody would say, wait, wait, is that a bookstore? Does she sell books? And they would just be drawn to walk over and see what's happening. Right. Because it's so unique. And it's fun because then I get to talk to everybody and, uh, that's been so much fun to meet people and talk to people and, and hear their stories and I get to share my story and it's, we talk a lot about books and that's, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's my favorite part too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And how many books does your truck hold? Um, about 150, 160. It depends, you know, on the width of the books sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, and then sometimes it's how I display them. So if I do more outfacing, um, obviously I can't get as many. And I try to do target my boxes to the event that I'm going to. So for example, my event on Saturday with it being February, I have a box for um, Black History Month. I have a box for Valentine's Day um, and some a winter box of like cold, you know, winter themed kind of reading. So that kind of plays in what's on my truck too. And I think that helps people coming back because I'm constantly rotating my stock out. It's rarely the same books from event to event. Yeah. Um, even if I'm having an event, two events on this on the same weekend, um, you know, if I'm at a coffee festival or compared to, you know, an outdoor flea market, well, then between those that that Saturday and that Sunday, I'm flipping my stock. So um, that takes a lot of work. Oh yes, it does. <laughs> you know, um, to flip stock and those crates kind of get heavy after a while because nothing stays on my truck because I'm super, I like my books to be in mint perfect condition um, because I think that's important. It's, I just love a beautiful book and I think people appreciate that and like that as well. So um, I'm very tidy about my books. So every time I have an event, I pull up at my house and I bring everything to my basement where I have a t um, humidity and temperature controlled room. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> just for my books. 
Yeah. So um, I'm curious, though, with your truck, how do you do that? Do your books stay on the truck? They do. Your, your truck, like humidity controlled? How does that work? Well, only in the summer, actually, because during the winter, when it's drier, I don't have to worry because when it's cold, it's not a problem. Right, because okay. books don't freeze. Right, right. Um, it's when we start to get that rainy season or those really kind of wet, hot days in the summer. Those are the ones that are the problem. And so I have fans blowing through the truck, and I have like humidity kind of sensors, so I'm aware of what's happening, and I make sure that my storage for my books is always temperature controlled and protected that way too, because you got to protect those book babies. Right, you and. Do. Yeah. And if I if I go through the truck and I notice there's any book that just looks like it's been slightly affected, it's off the shelves. Mm. I don't keep and it. And then there by at all pulling it off the shelf to and then putting it in a humidity controlled room, does it adjust its humidity? Does it go back to normal? It... Um, sometimes. It depends yeah. on the damage. Sometimes it does. We had one event where I was at uh I was at a market and we had rain that came by all of a sudden, which for me is usually not a problem because I'm protected in the truck. But right near the the side door, there was a little bit of a spray that came in and it changed the humidity in that part of the truck. And so there was a couple books towards the entrance that I noticed, I don't like how these are looking and they didn't come back. But uh-huh. there was other two that did. They were just fine. Yeah. So it really depends on the level of humidity that's been affected. So you're tidy about your books too. Oh, very, very. <laughs> We're very protective of our of our babies. Me too. Yeah. My rule is, if I wouldn't put them on my shelf at home, I would not put them in the truck. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, do you sell only new books for a certain genre, or do you are like all ages, all kinds? Um, because I'm limited in space, um, I really had to, you know, zone in on what I wanted to do and. I also wanted to be able to talk about books. When I first started, every book that was on my truck I had read now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't yeah. up with that because now I'm so busy, I actually can't read as much as I want to. <laughs> but um, I thought, you know, I need to focus on books that I know. And when my kids were little, that was uh, middle grade or, or young books or even YA books. Um, but now that I'm past that, uh, my kids are grown. Uh, it's adult fiction, so or some biographies, but mostly it's adult fiction. Um, and I don't really have a lot of room for a nonfiction section because what do you pick, you know? Yeah. Um, I do throw some nonfictions in there, here and there, um, but I don't really have a nonfiction section. And then I, kids would get so excited. They, you know, the truck, they want to see it and it's cute and they would run up and be so excited and this was the first couple of my events and they'd say, where are my books? And, <laughs> oh, I don't have any children's books. So I thought, okay, I need to remedy this ASAP because the kids are coming. Um, I still don't have room for uh, below, you know, probably kindergarten, first grade. So I don't have picture books because those mm-hmm. take so much space. They do. Um, yeah, that I really, I can't afford the space. Um because I also have to have a very high profit margin because of, you know, the math, the numbers of, to, to make this work. Um, I have to have a very high profit margin because I'm so limited on um, the amount of books that people can view and buy. So I really have to have the best that I can have on there at all times with the highest profit margin. Mm-hmm. So um, the picture books just didn't 
didn't cut it with space and profit margin. Um, but I did start a box that was, so I have first grade, you know, a first grader can find a book all the way up to um, middle school or middle, middle-aged readers and then a hand, a couple young adult. So usually the kids, every kid that's come is, has been able to find one or two books. So that was something, a learning curve that, that I found. I got to have a box for, for the kids. And then when I know I'm going to be somewhere that has more kids, um, then I might add a box or, you know, I can adjust that to, to what event I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, I do the same thing. If I know that there's an event that is really rich in families and young children, I will definitely put more kids books in the truck and have those on display outside the truck, rather than if I go to an event that is a night market, for example, where ah, those kids are in bed, right? right. Like they're not going right. to be there. Yeah. So I can customize really too. really to target our audience, right? Because Oh, for sure. Um, you know, we don't have the luxury of a full brick and mortar space. So um, yeah, we have to target that audience. That's true. Now you also do a monthly book club. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Right. I just started that. This is my first um, venture to this. Uh, I decided, I. it's funny, I kind of get these ideas or brainstorms. I'll just be sitting, I was sitting one morning and thinking, okay, man, January and February, I'm going to be lonely. I'm going to miss my people because <laughs> I'm going to be not be able to do so many events and this was sh this was so much fun and um and i don't know i was just sitting there and i thought book club i have my own book club that i've run um been the leader of for 10 years we've a group of ladies that we've been together it's been great um and i love doing that and for some i just got a brainstorm book book club i could do a book club an online book club because then i could target people who aren't in cincinnati who want to visit the book bus but it's just they just can't because um they're not in the city and they're not able to get here so i thought oh this could be fun because this could this could tie all all the people that are outside of cincinnati um with the book bus and we could kind of build a little community with that and i could still talk books and and still communicate with everybody and so i decided to do january february march and april in January uh, was a big learning curve for me. <laughs> it's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. I thought, oh, I'll just buy some books and, and I'll have a Facebook group, private Facebook group. And I'm a teacher, so I, this is e the discussion part, you know, will be easy to come up with. And, oh, my goodness. I didn't realize there's a lot of work in this. So oh, um, there is. Yes, yes. So, but it's also been a lot of fun. Um, so I kind of worked out some kinks in, in January. Um, some books didn't get delivered, and what do I do about that? And so, yeah, it was a learning curve. But February, we're we're you know knee deep into it right now, and it's been received very well. I'm getting positive feedback of they really are enjoying the books that I'm choosing because it's a surprise, and I feel truly honored i sent an email at the end of january to my book clubbers i i'm truly honored that you are trusting me mm -hmm. to choose a book for you and you're paying for it before you know <laughs> what's coming to your door and you're trusting me to to take care of you and your book needs for this month so um i feel blessed in in that and it's just again it's just fun it's now that the kinks are being worked out and some of the stress is, is dying down a little bit, it, it is a lot of fun. And, and what were the first two books you chose? 
Um, the first one was uh, The Way Past Winter, and that is actually a book that um, was from Europe. So that's another kind of niche of my um, store. I do travel a lot, and so I try to bring books for those book lovers that maybe you can't get locally. So when I travel, I traveled last spring and fall uh, to London and I was able in Paris and I was able to go to the local bookstores and see what's on their shelves that, that are not on our shelves here in the States. And so then I bought, brought two huge suitcases and filled it, filled them up and brought books home and, um, and was able to bring those to people here. Um, and people love that. They love to be able to um, get a book that's not local. You know, those book lovers. Uh, we're all we're all very like minded. Oh yes, <laughs> we are. I love the books. So um, and I also yeah. love that you went there and you came back with two suitcases full of books. That yes. sounds like the ideal reader <laughs> traveling situation, right there. I know. I only took one. One worked in the spring, and then I went back in the fall, and I took one. And <laughs> after my second day, I looked at the pile of books that was accumulating, and I thought, no way. I need to buy another suitcase. So I had to go around the corner and buy another suitcase. There you go. And I brought two, uh, two home. But yeah, so we did The Way Past Winter, um, which is written by Karan Millwood Hargrave. And it's actually a YA book, but it's kind of a um, – folktale, I guess kind of a classic Russian folktale would be how I would describe it, a modern, because it's not, she's not retelling a story that's already been told, um, but it's beautifully written. She's she's known for her poetry, that she pu first published poetry books, um, and then she moved into YA, and in fact, in February, she just came out with her first adult book, which um, I can't wait to get my hands on that. Um, so it's just beautifully written and it, it's a beautiful display book. The cover's beautiful. There's some, um, illustrations in the book and it's just a gorgeous book. So, um, so that was very well received. People were very excited. Of course, I was nervous thinking, are people going to like this book? I don't know. <laughs> of course. Um, I know I was so worried, but every, everybody really, um, really enjoyed it. And so then um, this book, February, I don't know, I guess I can say, I just <laughs> sent out a note to my book club tonight that everyone received their book. And I think everyone has, so I guess I can announce it. Um, so February's book was The Reader on the 627. And that was by Jean-Paul, I hope I'm saying this right, I'm not French. Didi, Dario Lauren? <laughs> I'm, is that? I'm, I'm sure the author will be so impressed that you said the name that a little bit of mispronunciation will be all right. <laughs> um, but I also love books about books. I love French translations. Um, and I also love books about books. So this is about a man who's in a job that he hates and he loves words. The book is really about the power of words. And so he gets on the train every morning and he he just sits, he has a seat, they sits on the train, and he just reads snippets of pages from books until he gets to his stop. And it's amazing how the train quiets and listens to him, and there's a peace in the air. And, um, 
And then he gets to his job where he actually destroys books. So books get shipped to him. He's like a recycling center. Mm-hmm. And they and it just tears him apart every day that he has to destroy these books. So what he's reading on the train are actually set pieces of paper that he salvaged from the big machine um, that he recycles because he wants to save the words. He feels oh. like he's doing his part. And there's some beautiful quirky characters in there um and a little bit of a love story it's just a beautiful beautiful book and it it all resonates to the power of words and that sounds beautiful it's a great book yeah you should check it out (laughs) i think i've seen the cover of that one somewhere i too am also very drawn to books about books or bookstores or readers or writers like i just love that whole community so whenever i can read about it i'm down with that right right usually book lovers i've found because i've done a box with that too i've done a box of books about books and those usually those books fly off the shelves so i think Book lovers generally love books about books. It's true. We do. We're not sorry. Yeah. No. And what was the last book that you told a friend they absolutely must read? Um, Oh, my gosh. So many. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to name one. Sure. Or more than one if you can think of more than one. The first one that popped my head. I kind of have four that I like my top four that if people come to to the bus, I always recommend. Yeah, um, me too. 84 Chine Cross. Have you read that? Oh, I gosh. I, I've i sold it, but I actually have not read it. Oh, my gosh. You have to read it. It's, okay. it's actually a nonfiction because it's her letters. Um, she's trying to write a book, and she's looking for books. And so she contacts this bookstore in London about a certain book. And this is back, I think it spans from the 40s to through the 60s, um, this correspondence that is created through letters. So the book is just letters, and it's their letters, and it's the friendship that's built over these years. You know, in the beginning, the letters are very, can you, I'm inquiring about this, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have that. Send payment. Well, you know, it's very, you know, a a transaction-oriented but then this friendship develops where they talk about books and then some of their personal life and then, and they really become friends through these letters um, that they share over these decades. And it's a beautiful story or beautiful book. Okay, I'm writing that one down. It's going to go on my list. My yeah, list grows little. every day. It's little. So you could, this is one that you can handle even in your busy book, book truck world. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's, it's short, and it's actually one, it's letters, so you could kind of just pick it up here and there and read a couple letters at a time, so definitely doable. Okay, that was, that's definitely going on my list. Yeah. Love it. Um, and then Shadow of the Wind. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I love that one. And um, 13th Tale. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I've read that like three times, and when I love a book... I also then, because I want to experience it in a new way, I listen to the audio mm-hmm. because you kind of experience the book. If it's a good reader, you can ex- experience the book in a whole new way. And um, I love doing that. So I've actually read the book twice and I've listened to to the audio once. 
You know, it's funny you say that because with 13th Tale, I did the same thing. And when I listened to it, I was so impressed with so many different parts of the story and the narration I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. But then when I read it, I just got so much more appreciation and love for how Setterfield actually really uses words like poetry. It's just so beautiful. That book is one where I would have to pause and go back and read a passage again because Mm -hmm. it was so beautifully written and how she could just put into words feelings or emotions or what she was trying to get across. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. In fact, I'm scared to read her new book because I'm afraid I'm going to be disappointed. Did you ever do that when you are so taken with a book and then you're afraid to read the next one? Yes, I have definitely. And I've been disappointed, but I've also been very pleasantly surprised. So I have not read her next one either, but I certainly will because I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, we have very similar taste in in reading. That's awesome. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Have you read Memoirs of a Geisha? Yes. Yeah. Did did you enjoy that? years ago that's one of the ones that i regularly press into people's hands because it just is a timeless story for me every time i read it i'm so captivated by a different part of the character's experience or the culture and i just get swept away that might be one i need to pick up it's been probably oh when it first came out it's probably the last time last yeah time it's, I read it's it. been a while have you done the audio of it no i haven't okay I was wondering if I if that would be good. Although I did do the movie, and uh, movie was fine if you don't know that it's a book, but once you've read the book, the movie is very disappointing. I have trouble going to movies from the book. I know a lot of people do, but I I usually don't go to the movie <laughs> <laughs> because it would be disappointing. Gonna, yes, I'm afraid it's going to spoil what I know of the book, and I never go to the movie before I read a book. No, 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 no. That's a big no, no. (laughs) It's one of the faux pas. (laughs) Yeah, I love that at independent bookstores, you can find all the backlist titles that the owner has picked based on their favorites. Exactly. And that's why I love to visit indie bookstores. And when I go to a city, I I map them out. That's what I do. My souvenirs are books. Yes. Um, when I go to an indie bookstore, when I walk into a bookstore, I want to find something that I'm, I wouldn't find somewhere else, you know, like they're going to have something on their shelf that they picked. They curated that selection to, to what they know and and their loves and passions. And I want to discover what that is. And so I, I'm, I go in and I'm like a book at a time on the shelf. I'll spend hours in there. It drives me. My husband and I, we have to say, okay, you go do this. And then let's meet for dinner because you know I'm going to be. He usually tags along with me um, for a while. Then I'm like, okay, why don't you go do this and I'll meet you later. Um, Because I love that. I love that each store is unique and that you're going to find something in each store that's different from the other. And I love that. Yeah, I do too. And I think that's such a, a beautiful thing because it, you could, you know, do the thing where you click and add to your cart online, but there's no experience attached to that. There's nothing unique or personal. And I think when you go into any independent book space, you are getting a little bit of the story that that bookseller wants to tell you about who they are and what they want to provide for you. 
And it's right. so great when somebody goes in and says, I'm going to take a few hours and just explore and discover what treasures are lying within. That's right. awesome. And I'm sure you get customers too who come in and say, suggest something or pick me something, you know, yes. like they look in and they come in and they're overwhelmed. And that's the beautiful thing about indie bookstores too, is that we know what's on our shelves and we're passionate about what's on our shelves. So when we have somebody come in who's looking for something, we can talk about what they like and, and the books they've been reading, and then we can lead them to their next great read. And what joy is that, that we get to get to be part of that with them. Oh, it's, it's the best kind of prescription offering service that there is. Because yeah. there's there's nothing quite like it. And people who have had a good book that somebody else gave them, they can't help it. They want to tell you about it. They want to tell you what the last thing they read or, oh, this book was so incredible or whatever it is. Well, you know what? I want to hear that too. I want, right. to, I want to write it down and I want to consider it. So I just think the whole exchange of stories and the book buying experience is so fabulous in indie bookstores. I love it. It is. It is. It is. And then I'm lucky too in that I – um, the teacher side of me wasn't done when I um, retired from teaching because I was in teaching for 25 years. I know how much money that teachers of their own personal money teachers put into classrooms. Um, I also know that a lot of school libraries have cl closed and really the kids are only exposed to the classroom libraries, whatever's in the classrooms. Wait, so wait, you mean just, the libraries within the school are closing down? Oh, yeah. We have many, many schools that do not have libraries within schools. You're kidding. No. <gasps> I know. That's awful. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. So I um, take my profits from the book bus, and I buy children's books, and I connect with teachers um, who, you know, usually new teachers or Teach for America teachers who are just getting out of school and probably don't have the income to help build up their classroom. Because a lot of teachers even have to buy their own supplies, some of their own, you know, supplies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, then I get to reach, reach out to these teachers. They can tell me what they want. You know, I'm not sitting there saying, oh, put this book in your classroom. I go to them and say, what do you need? What do you want? Because I've had teachers say, I want more diverse books. I had teachers say, I need books in both Spanish and English. Um, so I'm able to help build these classroom libraries and donate books. Um, and then I get to drive the truck and make deliveries. These are my happy deliveries. Um, make deliveries to the schools of these children's books to help build classroom libraries. And that's uh, been another. That is extraordinary. Joy. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's, it's so fun to work with the teachers and meet the kids and they're all always excited to get the books off, off of the truck. And sometimes I get to have reading time with them or I get to chat with them a little bit about the book bus. And so my teacher side is, is very satisfied that um, I get to still have that connection with schools and classrooms and students. Oh, I love that you're doing that. I love that. That is so, that is just beautiful. I'm, I'm so excited about that. I think that you're right. We have a lot of teachers here too, or who are using their own money, which is already minimal to buy supplies and books for their schools. And, and it's dreadful really. I mean, mm -hmm. these are the people who are leading the future of our country. 
And they're doing such an incredible job and they're getting paid the least and they're having to supply and work out their own schedules. It's just dreadful. It is. And the kids who we know how important books in kids' hands are. Mm -hmm. So to deprive them of that or not to give them the best of the best, you know, old beaten up books or something, um, you know, they need new books and books that are just coming out at that relate to topics that are happening now and issues that they're dealing with now that's that's what needs to be in their classroom library um so yeah i'm super excited that i get to be a part of that as well that is awesome i used to be a foster parent and I know that a lot of the kids who would come through our homes and and through the system, they often have challenges with reading or bonding and and all these things together. So books for them are not often something that they think of as in a positive way. And so when we had kids, it was always a big deal to sit down with them and read. And sometimes you could see the light of enthusiasm just grow in them because all of a sudden that story became so relatable and so wonderful and they could get more from it but then they might go to another home where that's not the case so we're also thinking of how we can partner with the foster agencies here in our city to provide books for them so that when kids go into new homes with families they have their own little library of books that are theirs so they know they can have them and grow with them and have books that are age appropriate and that are positive um, because I think like you said they deserve the best of the best that I love that. That's amazing. Books are powerful, and um, we need ambassadors like you and I, who and other people have helped me too. I'm, I'm not doing this alone. Who realize the power of books, and um, it seems like a simple thing, but books and words have power. And if we can get those in those kids' hands, it 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 can change lives. I I really think it's it's a key point that um, yeah that we all need to to think about. I agree. And I think you made a good point there when you said that we think of it as a simple thing, but we think of it as a simple thing because we take it for granted. It's right. something that it has we have easy access to. We can afford to go and buy a new book and we can fully read it and understand it all the way through. But for kids who don't have that ability or that privilege yet, it's something that is beyond them. And to open up the world and their perspective to how other people are living and feeling. I just think it's just such a beautiful opportunity for them. So I'm thrilled that you are doing this for teachers and for schools. They must be so lucky to have you in their neighborhood. Oh, I I feel lucky that I, every day I wake up and I'm like, wow, I get to do this. I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes that, you know, not so fun, but you know, that I get to, it's, Big, bigger and better. The whole book bus thing is when I started this, I didn't know what I knew it'd be fun, but I didn't know what joy it would bring my life because um, probably the biggest surprise for me has been the people like I should have. I should not be surprised. Book people are amazing people. <laughs> but every day I'm kind of blown away by um, the constant kindness and, and compassion and generosity and loyalty that book people, um, people that visit the book bus uh, or people that I meet in, in this, in my job, um, they're just beautiful, amazing people. So I feel so lucky that I get to surround myself 
with book people and then um, that I get to go in the classrooms and meet the kids and, and, and be a part of that. It's, you know, that I'm able to do this. It's, I just feel like it's gift that I'm blessed. Well, you're doing an amazing job. And I'm so, I'm so blessed that I'm able to spend some time with you and be part of your book people and talk to you and kind of learn more about what you're doing and support you and um, celebrate you from here. I mean, I'm, I'm way up north here, but let me tell you, I am, I am so excited for you and I'm so proud of all the things you're doing. Well done. I just, I couldn't be more thrilled for you. Thank you. Well, and you spread sunshine my way too, because your little, your little book truck just spreads sunshine, even though I've only been able to see it, you know, online virtually, but it's always such a sunny place to visit. Every time I scroll past your, um, your post, I'm like, oh, it's just always full of sunshine, just bright and cheerful and positive. And um, you're doing amazing work too. So Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And Melanie, how can people find you if they're hearing me and they're saying, okay, I'm going to get my hands on some of her books. And I got to see her amazing book truck. How can, how can they find you? Uh, well, if you want to follow on Instagram or Facebook, you go to at Cincy Book Bus, and that's C-I-N-C-Y Book Bus. Um, or you can go to cincybookbus.com, which is my website. And I had, do have a store there with minimum amount of books because um, I don't want to sell. I, that's something I want to get into next is selling, um, having more books available online. Um, but right now I'm, I have to reserve what I have for my truck. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some things that I have online, and then I do have some merchandise, T-shirts and mugs totes and some things like that but you could also sign up for um an email if you wanted to get an email i don't i only send them maybe once a week so it's not like your your mailbox will be you know stuffed with po- or email from the book bus but um so yeah cincybookbus.com you can take care to visit for there and sign up to receive some emails of where i where i'll be and what i'll be up to Awesome. Well, I appreciate you spending time with me today so much. It was really Thank delightful you. to talk with you. It was delightful to talk to you. And now I, I, I have a voice with a, with a face and cause I, you know, like I said, I see you virtually, but now, um, now I feel more connected. So that's nice. I totally agree. There's something about social media, which is almost a little bit like you're over the fence, but you can't see them. So this mm-hmm. brings you just a little bit closer. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm cheering you on from the South here. <laughs> oh, thank you. I will take all the cheers I can get. Thanks so much. And you have to cheer me on from the North. <laughs> oh, count on it. Count on it. I am, I'm a huge fan. I love what you're doing. And I think I might be actually going onto your website and getting one of your mugs or things. Cause I just, I think it's awesome. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Since we've had this conversation, I connected with Melanie about how the global COVID changes have impacted her business. Here's what she said. My business has definitely shifted. The book bus isn't out and about, but I'm still trying hard to connect with my people. I have extended my book club for another month because I feel that people could use some happy mail and we need to stay connected with others. And we do that in the book bus club Facebook group. I'm working hard to recommend books I think my customers might like and need as a comfort or an escape in times like this. 
I've also upped my online presence so they can find books, audiobooks, and ebooks from my website, cincybookbus.com. With libraries closed in our community, it's important to have literature accessible and available. My BookBus community has been super supportive, and because of them, we will be able to purchase new children's books. Who said good things can't come from hard times? These books will be distributed to kids in our local public school system, which have been closed due to COVID, through the meal program that is still delivering meals to kids in need. Melanie, well done. I am so proud of you that you are just pushing forward and making the best of this hard situation. So to all my friends out there, if you are in the Cincinnati area, or if you're just curious and you want to support Melanie, please go to cincybookbus.com and give my book truck friends some love. Okay, friends, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Having you here just makes it so fabulous. I I couldn't do this without you. And frankly, I don't think I'd want to. So thank you for being part of my bookish community. And wherever you are, stay home, read a book, and enjoy your people. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.